Welcome to episode 132 of Crack the Customer Code. Thanks to Audible.com for sponsoring this episode. Get your free audiobook and a 30-day free trial as a listener to this podcast by visiting audibletrial.com slash customer code. I'm Jeannie Walters, and I'm here with my co-host and also the guy with a service rules tattoo, Adam Toporek. <laughs> oh, you know, my mom was so mad when I first went and got that service rules tattoo. <laughs> we won't say where it is. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> But service does rule. Well, there you go. That's why that's why you did it. So <laughs> <laughs> So our guest today, I'm pretty excited about. Um but I wonder if we should be really quiet. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so we are talking to Allison Circle, who is the chief customer experience officer for the Columbus Metropolitan Library in Columbus, Ohio. And what is really cool about Allison and this podcast episode is one, we are going to prove to you that yes, libraries do still exist. <laughs> and two, that people are out there trying to make them work and are innovating. And she has got some great uh, stuff to share. And it serves not only as a customer experience lesson in general, but also warms my heart because libraries have a special place in my heart. Mm -hmm. I agree. Do you, do you visit your library very often? I do not, so. <laughs> but, but not everybody's innovating. And let me, but I will tell you historically, I mean, I, I like my college library. I love that place. I, mean, I sound like a real nerd, but mm -hmm. I, mean, I, I mean, I would spend hours like wa walking mm -hmm. the shelves and just reading stuff. And I absolutely loved it. So I think well, that, I, I feel really fortunate because where I live, we have this amazing library and it's, it's something that, you know, my kids ask to go to, not just because of the books and the programs and everything, but because they really get what people are looking for. And in fact, my older son participated in a junior librarian program last summer where they uh, were able to like run programs for smaller children and things like that. And he really, really enjoyed it. And I think he loved seeing the, the way the, the actual process worked and everything like that. So I love my library. I will say it right here. Oak Park Library, you're doing a fantastic job. Woohoo! <laughs> and yeah, Allison is a leader in this industry. Uh, she's won tons of awards and recognition, but she's also just an innovator. And I love how she approaches things that are kind of the old way of doing things and just throws that out the window. So I think we should just get right to it. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about Allison? Okay. Allison Circle is Chief Customer Experience Officer for Columbus Metropolitan Library and has more than 25 years of marketing experience. For 13 years, she was National Marketing Director for Garrison Keylor and a Prairie Home Companion. That's Keylor, right? Keeler, yeah. Keeler, all right. See, I did it. I've you got it. it. I, I had that. He mid just retired. I don't have that Midwest accent. It's tough for no. me. I'm from the South. No, and he's Minnesotan. Minnesotan, all right. <laughs> well, following that, <laughs> Allison was creative director and account director at Jack Morton Worldwide, a global branding agency. In 2004, she joined the uh, Columbus Metropolitan Library as director of marketing and strategic planning. In that capacity, she rebranded the organization and won over 20 national and international awards for her work. In 2012, she was promoted to Chief Customer Experience Officer, where she serves on the executive leadership team and oversees 23 library locations. 
She leads programming experience and design for the library's building program for 10 buildings, including the main library. And most recently, she has launched a customer first philosophy to lead CML to a new level of customer experience. Welcome, Allison. It is so great to have you. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yes, Allison, we're thrilled to have you here. And I saw you speak a few years ago, and and we've stayed in touch, and I've been so impressed with what you've been able to do. But I think there are people out there who might be a little surprised to hear how focused you are on, quote-unquote, customer experience in your role with a public library. (laughs) Because how do you really define customers in that role? And is it enough to say that when I go to the library and check out a book, that I had a good experience? How do you how do you kind of address those questions? Well, great that you asked that. We could be here all day, but I'll try <laughs> to uh, make it uh, fairly uh, succinct. One thing, one real differentiator that this organization has done for a long time is we refer to our users as customers. You may be used to the term that most libraries use, which are patrons. Mm-hmm. So we already put a stake in the ground that we have a relationship with our with our public that is uh, more customer focused and building on that and understanding that in today's world, we can't be successful if we continue the way we have always been and that we have to deliver something special and different and unexpected, create an environment that people feel welcome and get more than they expect. Honestly, it's really not any different than any retail environment. It's a great point. Yeah, it's really neat. And when you look at all these industries that have just been shaken up by the digital revolution <laughs> and, you know, the, the sky is falling and you know, print media and libraries and bookstores have been some of those things. And I find it interesting. One of the ways you shook up the status quo was to bring the library to people who most need it. So can you share how you focused on the very people who wouldn't use a library in the traditional sense? Well, absolutely. One of the things that I bring from a, I'm a, have a marketing background, not a librarian background or a library background, is I'm all around what are the barriers to getting customers to use whatever it is we're providing. And so much of the rules around operating a public library are about the rules that the library has traditionally set. Things like fines, limits on cards, all those kinds of things. So one of the things our organization has been able to do is rethink all that. So some of the things we did, for example, isn't it ridiculous that a kid can't take out a book because they've got a 10 cent or I suppose it's more than 10, but, you know, a fine on their card. That's That is against what this organization is about. So we introduced a kid's card. So at any given time, a kid can take out a book, up to five books, regardless of circumstances. Because it's more important to get books in the hand than to get $10 in fees back. So we've eliminated that with um, our kids. We're eliminating the idea of incremental fines altogether because... Why do we want our last experience with customers to be about change? Here's your 50 cents in change on your $10. (laughs) That's just ridiculous. And the other things that we've been doing is, again, what are the barriers? And a barrier for kids is that their parents can't take them to the library. All right. Where are kids every day? Well, they're in school. So we have started book delivery at schools here in Columbus, this is when I get into my high horse. The the school system here has not had a new district book buy 
since 2004. Wow, so that's 12 gosh. years ago. So those kids don't have new books. Well, uh, what's, that's just, that is it not for a long-term set strategy of a public agency that depends on public tax dollars. If, we, if we're not building the next pay level of taxpayers, we're, we're not going anywhere. So some of it is just ensuring the success of our community, but also those are just kind of uh, false barriers that we put around ourselves. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, I'm feeling really grateful about my kids' school libraries right yeah, now. <laughs> I mean, it, it is kind of crazy, right? Yeah, so. yeah. Well, and I think uh, one of the things that comes up when you think about libraries is for decades, really, I mean, many, many, many decades, the model and the overall practice of having a library in a town, really, it didn't change at all. And I think about when I grew up with my library down the street, and, you know, you had to be very quiet throughout it. And it was kind of, it was a little bit of an intimidating place. <laughs> right. Um, because you didn't, you know, if you had to pay a fine or any of those things. But that was the case throughout the land. I mean, that's really what the model was. So why do you think today people are starting to wake up about why it's so important to focus on the experience for the people who come to the library who maybe aren't the ones giving you revenue, let's say, so they're not traditional customers. But today there seems to be more of an awakening around that. And, and what do you attribute that to? And why, why is it so important? Uh, I will tell you by, tell, I'll answer that question by telling you this. Uh, 100 years ago, maybe 120 years ago, Columbus was the buggy capital of the world. We made almost all the horse and buggy buggies that were found in the world. Wow. Guess what? Guess how many buggies we're making today? None. <laughs> and uh, so one of the things, I mean, all is my point being is everybody, ha every industry has to change. But we were recently reflecting on an article about uh, Ford Motor Company who has decided that they aren't in the car business. They're in the mobility business. Mm -hmm. And so they're getting into bicycles and all kinds of other mobility. So we have, as a public library, have historically been about the circulation business. So all of our infrastructure is built around getting a book from here to there, checking it out, checking it back in. But aren't we in the knowledge business and not the circulation business? So if we start thinking about the differently about the business that we're in, we change how we go about our business, about creating an experience for people because we all know every industry has been profoundly changed in the last 20 years. No one is untouched by that. And the idea that you go up to the librarian to find the telephone number of the Chicago Tribune, you used to do that. But mm -hmm. you don't, I mean, I can get that on my phone. So it really changes what is the nature of the work that we do. And if we don't respond to that, we're going to be like those buggy makers. <laughs> Well, and I think, <laughs> um, I think one of the things that you hit on there was it is about the experience. And so much of the experience with an institution like a library is about the environment. And so I know here in my town of Oak Park, Illinois, we, we have what people consider kind of a showcase library. And what I love about it is it really is a community center, and they built it very much with that in mind. And I know you've done work with some of your recent additions to the library system in Columbus 
with really thinking through the environment and what do, what are we really doing here and how can we build differently? So I'm wondering if you could touch upon kind of the physical space a little bit and the thought that went into that to really support the experience that you're trying to provide. Well, I'd love to. I couldn't. This is one of my favorite topics. But <laughs> we, um, uh, before we started our building program, we're building ten buildings. Before we did that, we asked our community. Two questions. Give us a word that describes the library of your youth and give us a word that describes the library of the future. And the primary word for the first one was books. For the second one, it was community. And so what does that tell us about space? Well, here's the first thing. Getting again back to the barriers. I think, okay, I'm a kid and I need homework help. We all have homework help centers. That's all great. But if I haven't been in a library for, I have to go from my school, walk into the building. I don't know anyone. I don't know. I can't perceive what's going on from the outside. It's really a leap of faith to go in those front doors. So one of the things we're doing is wrapping all of our buildings in glass so I can see before I get there what is going on in that building. And I can see people. I can see kids. And as we just opened our main library uh, just two weeks ago, what's profound about the space is that you can see everything pretty much at any given time through three floors because it is so open. And here's just a tiny little thing that is so important to me about developing community, which is part of that customer experience. We put iPads outside each meeting room, which are in glass, and I can walk by and I can see who is in that meeting room. So <laughs> now I know who's in there. And let's say it's the Southside business community. Well, guess what? I know Susan and she's at that in that committee, in that um, association. So maybe I'll run into her here at the library or better yet, I didn't even know there was that association. And so it really creating these connections through space that we never had before, because for example, those meeting rooms were behind darkened doors and you couldn't even see who was in there. So just mm -hmm. little things like that to create that sense of openness and experience that we're all learning and improving together. Hmm. I love uh, that. That is great. And, you know, I, I mentioned earlier print media and bookstores, but, you know, listening to you, it really seems like the the challenge you face is similar to movie theaters. Yeah, movie <laughs> theaters. You know, go to your doctor who's now lugging around an iPad and saying, oh, man, I got to do all this online. Or one of the programs I have for our managers is a program called Lead the Change, where I have outside people come in and talk about what just whatever it is they do. And we've had architects, ice cream parlors, we've had schools, we had all, and guess what? They all are saying, my business is profoundly changing and I just got to do everything differently. I got to have, and it really it comes down almost always to this customer experience because what is the relationship I'm having with the people who are using my space? Just today we were, we had our manager's meeting and Somebody said, oh, they went to this thing and, you know, or this training. And gosh, didn't it just come down? We got to hire happy people. Don't hire <laughs> the best reference librarian you've ever met. Happy uh -huh. people who yep. talk to people. Yep. Right, because you're selling an experience now, not, right. not, not who can manage the card catalog the best. That's right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Right. So uh, so one of the things that's interesting to me is you're you're doing all of these 
things to enhance experience and change the experience. But what are you doing to get that message out? What are you doing to entice people back in and say, hey, this is not, you know, you're, you're, I guess you're looking at this next generation and their parents are our generation and we're at the library and telling those parents that, hey, it's not your library. This is a whole different thing now. Well, I think a lot of it, honestly, is that you can see in that it's different um, as we build these spaces, particularly in the children's area. We don't have rows of books. We have zoned areas that um, uh, are places for parents to learn together with their with their kids. Um Another thing we're doing is historically libraries have had story times where the kids come in and they read a book or whatever. And there's actually education rigor behind what we're doing, but we've never shared that with anybody. So what we're doing, instead of focusing just on the kids getting up and jumping and having a good time, we always take a pause and say, all right, now, parents, we are now talking about letter knowledge. So here's something you can do at home. Because if I bring in a kid and I only go to story time once a week or once a month, those techniques I'm learning aren't going anywhere. So having making the rigor visible um, is something we're trying to do, which didn't really answer your question, literally, <laughs> but figuratively I did. The other thing is be, these buildings are definitely, first off, Ohio and Columbus in particular love their libraries. So we have had uh, extensive media coverage over the last couple of months and getting people in and what, just as I see people, I followed a couple in just this morning and to see that look on their face, it is a profound change. And the space itself is so different. That's kind of delivering the message that this isn't business as usual. I, I, I love all of that. And I feel like there is so much opportunity. And I think when people, people who love their library really love it. <laughs> you know they what I mean? Like we're, we're a special little group, but the, uh, one of the, the challenges I'm seeing is that now that we live in this, you know, global world, what what are you going to do or what do you think is the future with folks who aren't necessarily English speakers first or these people who are maybe we're connected, you know, through uh, through digital means, but maybe there isn't a physical space. I'm just curious, what do you think it, libraries look like, like 10 years down the road, 20 years down the road? What big changes do you see? Well, if I knew the answer to that question, I would be out <laughs> making a million dollars, I think. But um, I uh, here's the thing I know for sure, which is that the library, oh, we've been around for almost 140 years. We are not the same library we were 140 years ago, 50 years ago, 30 years ago, 11 years ago when I started, we are a different entity. And the ability to have leadership that can respond to community need means we are always going to be relevant. So right now, uh, the need of schools, the need of new Americans, the new, the need of the retiring baby boomer uh, uh generation, if we can keep ourselves in tune to community need instead of the old model of our rules and how we have always operated to deliver a space and a feeling and a value 
it doesn't matter if we have 3D printers, typewriters, books. None of that really matters because the key thing is there is no place today where you can go non-judgmental, free, and open the hours that we are. You know, there used to be a lot more civic organizations, so-and-so, a lot more neighborhood feeling. That doesn't exist anywhere so anymore. It's very rare. And so the library is kind of the last holdout for that. So I think that value is here to stay for quite some time. Here, here. Yes, I think it's fantastic what you're doing. And I, I love people that are innovating around you know, traditional models in the face of the new era. And I, I think it's really wonderful what you're doing. And as a citizen, I think anything you can do to get uh, kids, uh, you know, reading uh, Jane Eyre and not watching the Kardashians <laughs> is a good thing. So. Oh, that's so sad, isn't it? Uh, well, and you know, the thing I'll say is it really starts with leadership. We have a visionary CEO, an inspiring board of trustees who push, push, and push again. And that push makes me want to innovate you know, more and more because there's the support for it. So I am very fortunate, first off, to have the job that I do and then to work in an environment that supports that. Because without that, you're kind of handicapped. Mm -hmm. Oh, wonderful. Mm -hmm. Well, keep on fighting the good fight and uh, let our listeners right. know, uh, please, where can uh, they find you? Uh, well, our library is columbuslibrary.org. Thank you so much, Allison. This was wonderful. Oh, and, my pleasure. Yeah. And I'm one of those people and I'll keep loving all the library. So keep up the good work. <laughs> all right. Thank you. Thanks, thanks, Allison. We hope you enjoyed episode 132 of Crack the Customer Code with special thanks to audible.com. Don't forget to sign up for your free audiobook and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash customer code. You can see the show notes for this and all episodes. Subscribe and send us feedback. And who loves feedback, Adam? Jeannie loves feedback. <laughs> That's right. Send that to us at crackthecustomercode.com. And we love your reviews on iTunes. I'm Jeannie Walters. Stay current on the latest customer experience trends and insights and see my TEDx talk at 360connects.com. And I'm Adam Tapore. You can connect with me and find out more about our customer service workshops and training at customersthatstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.